Hello, we are live broadcasting the hashtag Stop Living on Pause podcast live on Facebook and YouTube. If you are listening for the first time or one of your repeat visitors, we'd love to have you join the broadcast. Subscribe to us through the easiest place is going to go to be Press Play Reality. Go to pressplayreality.com and subscribe to the podcast there to be notified anytime we go live so you can also join in on the conversation. Today, we are talking about what you need to do to capitalize on disruption and innovations that are occurring in the marketplace. Innovation and disruption are occurring at an incredible rate throughout all of real estate, and agent and brokers need to either figure out how to create or embrace those disruptions or else they will be looking up as the world moves on without them. I am Jason Wells, ESQ, attorney, entrepreneur, realtor, and all-around business developer, broadcasting with my co-host, the self-proclaimed best-looking man in real estate, Chris Niederhauser, ESQ. Every single time, there's always something different. I just like to claim that I'm a really good guy. <laughs> Chris and I would both like to connect with you beyond the podcast. You can find us on any social media network. You can find me at my handle on any network at Jason Wells, ESQ. And I am found at Crini Law, it's C-H-R-N-I-E Law. Today, we are sponsored by the Press Play Realty Network, whose agents rank in the top 1% of teams nationally and is only the 12th team in the country to have five or more locations, all of which are located throughout the Western United States. So with that, wow. Chris. That's pretty cool. It is. Sounds, <laughs> sounds disruptive. It does, right? right? This whole expansion thing. We'll have to do a podcast on that expansion stuff at some point. Yeah. Uh, the Press Play Realty Network actually is partnering with agents across the Western US right now. So if you are in Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Idaho, Colorado, any of these states, we would love to talk with you about what it would look like to partner up and become part of the network. So hit us up at pressplayrealty.com slash join. Now, you know what, Chris? I found something really interesting this last week as I was looking at, at um, you know, just some different market data and trends of things that are happening. And I came across this Cisco white paper. You know, a white paper is something that somebody puts out that's just full of information. They're usually free. Sign up for email or whatever. But this, this what it is, they have, they have done a research study. And what they are projecting, it's called the Visual Networking Index. And they're forecasting what things are going to look like between 2015, so hope they got that right, and 2020. I hope they did. <laughs> and, and there were some really interesting things that I found in this. Now, of course, th this just came out, so they are using some of the data to, to forecast here in the next three years. But one of the things they found, and we'll drop a link to the, uh, to the actual white paper in the show notes if you'd like to check out this white paper, is that smartphone traffic will finally exceed the PC by 2020. Because in 2015, traffic was only 53% of all internet traffic came from a PC, but only, but by 2020, they're figuring it's gonna be about 29%. That's it, in just three years time. These are king. I mean, yep. I'm surprised that it's that low. I would think it would be higher. Yeah, I, I was I was actually surprised that it was fifty three percent in I mean, two thousand fifteen. Three more years, but I would think that the phone is already way way more. Than yeah, and I, I think it. I think when you think about, I mean, they're talking about all internet traffic, right? right. When they do this, they're not talking about just consumer traffic. And I think consumer traffic is. I, I would be interested in seeing those numbers. If any of the listeners out there have that, those numbers would be interesting to know. Consumer stuff, like for real estate, like 
for consumer purchasing, even ESPN, that sort of thing. I do believe, I, I have to imagine that it's, it's surpassed and it's more on a smartphone than it is on a PC anymore. That's interesting anyway. I mean, like, because I wonder how it takes into it. I'll have to go read it. But I think like apps and things like that that interact with the internet, I would think yeah. far exceed PC use now. Yeah, I would too. But there's all the work and everything that goes on still on your laptop. And so yeah, I'm still tied to it. I have to have the laptop. Even this here podcast is happening on the laptop. Right. Well, wireless and mobile devices will account for two-thirds of all internet traffic. Come then. So only one-third of all internet traffic by 2020 will happen on a desktop or laptop. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to think. And video is going to dominate. Now, we've talked about this some before, about the importance of doing video. It's one of the reasons that we do the podcast with video as well, is the importance of having video out there. Video is completely going to dominate everything by 2020. In fact, they said that every second there will be nearly a minute of video content that will cross the network, the internet network. Unbelievable. When I read stuff like that, my mind is just completely blown. But like when they say all the data created in the next like minute will succeed all the data that was created for time and for all. all of time. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's those, those type of statistics just blow my mind. Seriously. But for all you binge watchers out there, it would take you five million years to watch the amount of video that will cross the global IP networks each month in 2020. So that is plenty of lost, <laughs> plenty of you know, man in high castle or or Stranger Things or whatever else it is you're watching. And the addition, the two other additional things that I found very interesting in that is that video will account for 82 percent of all consumer traffic. So people, when they're going and they're looking at, let's say, houses like for real estate, or if they're looking about something about an attorney, or they're looking about whatever they're looking at, they're going to want video to consume in learning about that that product, that information, that segment, 82% of all traffic. And a little area that is still kind of emerging, but we see it growing tons, is the virtual reality. In one year's time, from 2014 to 2015, they said virtual reality type traffic doubled. Well, with Oculus and stuff this last year in, 20, in 2016, we saw a big explosion of that. They say by 2020, there will be a 127% increase. 61-fold increase by 2020 in virtual reality. Wow. I mean, I think that, like, as, as things become, I mean, it's it makes sense because it's something I'm interested in. It's something I want to have and consume, but there's not really a good platform for me to do it. So as the platforms become more available and there's more out there, like, I think that's been part of it, like 3D TVs and things like that, like, they're still too expensive. People don't want to buy them. I can still buy this. And the experience doesn't outweigh the, the price. But I think yes. it's virtual reality. I think that's the same place it's in. Mm -hmm. But that's it's going to go away. They'll figure that out. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you see with Oculus. And we're going to talk today about some virtual re reality stuff as well. So before we get into the nitty gritty of today's program, we got sock game to do. And if you go to my Instagram, you can see what the SOC Games is doing today. I have, well, I can consider it a, a fairly strong SOC game happening. You just went away. You're gone.
<laughs> Can't hear you. So while Jason's doing that, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. I don't know if Jason's going to come back or not, but I will share my screen. And here is my saw game. I went polka dots today, and I've already got 13 likes in the last hour that I posted it. So it's it's going strong. Um, polka dots and. I like the colors. That was really what I was focusing on when I got these socks was the colors because it's more press play colors. So well, they look they are looking very good. That's my sock game for today. Let's see if I can get my sock game back up here. Share my screen. All right, what do you see? I'm still seeing my screen. Tech problems. I love tech problems. So I'm not sharing my screen anymore, but I don't see your video and I don't see your screen. So this is going well. This is going very well. Anyway, check out Instagram <laughs> to see my like my <laughs> my sock game. I'm at 31 likes. Just nice. saying. Well, but mine's been up for six hours. So right. you know, one hour six to six hours. hours. Six hours up there. That's anyway. All right. Well, we we're going to get into our program today, which is about capitalizing on disruption and innovation. And a couple of weeks ago, we did a podcast all around the real estate industry being under attack and the several ways in which big data, apps, technology, and whatnot are innovating and disrupting real estate, really. And I, I just want to take a quick second and, and define disruption and innovation because people like get them flip-flopped all the time. Innovation is taking things that are already in existence and finding new ways to use to use them. Disruption is completely changing something, right. creating something new. All right. So what are some of the ways that we discussed that the real estate industry is being disrupted? Well, the things that we discussed in the last episode was first off our information, um, our MLS data has been sold and the rights to that is being given to almost everybody for the right price. And so people like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, all those different places where they've captured market share because of the fact that that data is no longer in a book inside of a realtor's desk. And so what we have now is we have all this data that used to be their market, a real estate agent's market and value was sold. And it seemed like a good idea at the time. Now it's disrupting because we have Zillow that in the past like five years has, has exploded. Zillow, their traffic and their internet traffic now, they're buying more, they're, they took over Trulia, they're, they're becoming huge. And that's, that's created a whole bunch of problems. What it's done is it's, people don't understand this and we've shown the graphic before, but it, it has blown up because of, Zillow and all the other ones, Zillow isn't alone, but it's taken our inquiries online from this like half of the number of sales to like 10 times the number of inquiries to actually sales per year. So we're not going to go over those numbers again, but it's disrupted the industry and in how lead leads are created or inquiries are created online. So that's one thing that's happened. Open door is a new one. There's also hot pads. Um, those are two two real estate companies that are now buying properties from homeowners instead of trying to market to tell them to sell their house, like with a realtor. So they've disrupted. That's a new 
new innovation into the industry that created something that didn't exist before. Yeah, that whole the whole thing that they attacked there was the inefficiencies in the market and the fact that they can set their day that they're going to purchase the house, that the close on it, they don't have to worry about people coming in and out of the house. And here in Phoenix, where they began, 395 active listings. And Inman is projecting them to be the number two biggest brokerage per unit count next year. So that's, that's pretty big, disruptive. Yeah, it's disruptive because that's 395 people that may have sold with real estate agents before. Correct. There was, what it's really doing, it's taken away two transactions right there. So real estate agents, uh, I mean, if you're a real estate agent, you're watching, you understand sides. So there's two sides to every transaction usually. There's a buyer side and a seller side. Well, what happens is each, each sale includes two people having business normally, unless you, you know, it, we'll just count it as two sides. So when open door goes and buys, they've erased a side. And so that halves the number of, of transactions for real estate agents in the market. Yeah. Just now, and when just for one transaction, really it's two because no, there's no agent to purchase it and no purchase, no agent to sell it when they right. do that. So that's like you're saying two sides for every time they, they purchase one. And when they sell one, They've, they've even or got a model where they can get around an agent and not need one. Right? So they're, they're trying to skip the real estate agent, even though the money is still paid out exactly the same. So the money's still there. They're just buying it and taking that money back themselves. And that's how it's actually happening. So that's another one. House is one uh, a new concept that was started by the founder, one of the co-founders of Uber. And it's basically just trying to open up and put transparency inside of the real estate transaction. So open bidding and letting that kind of an auction eBay type style bidding process for houses where everybody can see everything, which uh, either way you go, you think it could. Tech difficulties. We're back though. Hey, we're back. Yeah. So, um, what house does is it's kind of like an eBay for houses. eBay has tried that before with a housing section. It didn't really pick up a lot of steam. People always think, well, people want to go see the house. House is a different concept in just that it's it's real estate agent friendly right now, asking real estate agents to use it. So yeah, it's a lot of transaction management software that they're yeah. using with it. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a it's it, you can see where it's going, and I think that's why we're including it as being disruptive is because it's. It's there, but there's other sites like that, auction.com. There's things like that that houses or banks have, were using for foreclosures that are similar to this. So, yep. and dot loop for transaction management. Right. The really interesting thing with that is that when you look at what Uber did or, or is doing, the fact that Uber is on its way to having uh, you know self-driving cars as their fleet of cars. Right. What is the plan here to become? self-sustaining you have to believe there's a secondary function that that is this is phase one of, of house i believe well it's the uber founder co-founder right so we're like well what's going to happen next i know they're disrupting and where is that like look what they did to cabbies so that's that's a big thing to watch for the the last one is um because of all these innovations and these disruptions, it's disrupting the value of a real estate agent. And typically I think what people have thought of the value of a real estate agent, and what we hear on our team from people all the time is that, you know, they'll come in and they'll say, I don't think that the real estate agent did anything. I found my own house online. They just let me in and then they helped me write an offer. 
so people see the, the value of a real estate agent and agents define themselves this way. My value is I'm going to help you find your dream home. Well, that's, that's a really big, bad value proposition. When open door comes in and says, buys the houses and says, go look at your houses anytime and search our site for it because why do I need anybody now? And so often people, the, the buyers are finding the properties themselves with the use of Zillow, with the use of Truly and the other IDXs. They're finding the houses themselves. So it's not Absolutely. about the agent really finding the property anymore. It's not about the access when we had the books and you had to come see the agent to see the book. It's not even about being able to necessarily get in the door anymore when you have things like open door. You have these smart technologies that that the doors can open from an app on your phone. So there's lots of things like that that are that are that are coming that are going to disrupt, but that doesn't mean real estate industry has gone on over with. And we want to talk today about some of the things that we're, we're doing advantage of it. that we are going to take advantage of that. First and foremost, Facebook and social media. Why, we didn't even talk about that as being something that's disrupted. So why are we talking about Facebook and social media as being something we're using with the innovations that are out there? Well, social media in general, you even call it social media is like weird now at this point because social media is the internet. Isn't and social media really just slang for internet now? It is because that's how people interact with the internet now. They're like they go to Facebook, more people find or go to other websites from Facebook than they do Google now. So Google is losing market share for ad and all of that ad space, all of those things because people are now like Facebook can now compete with that. And Facebook has a lot better um, analytics and it's a better ad platform than Google AdWords. So like if you go through the, the progression of marketing, like we have direct mail, right? We have cold calling, we have email. It goes on and on and on. And every single one, it kind of gradually gets more expensive and less ROI. Right now, Facebook is the place to be. Instagram for real estate. Let's, let's narrow down to real estate. Right. Each social network could have a different genre. Different demographic, different, demographic, different audience that's there. And Instagram's also good for real estate. It can be good. Like there, it, Snapchat could be good for real estate. It's just about where you are and you're the demographic that's using that, where the attention is. So let's just go with that. With what we're gonna talk about today, we're gonna to talk specifically about some social media advertising in Facebook. So I'm gonna show an example really quick of the power of Facebook specifically. So let me share my screen. So if you want to just give a little bit of an intro of uh, more than that on Facebook ads and kind of where we've been in the past with that yeah. while I'm pulling this up. Let me, let me tell you why he's getting that up because Facebook ads, I think everyone's been hearing, you got to do Facebook ads, you got to do Facebook ads. Well, it's more than just doing Facebook ads, all right? It's like saying, I'm going to go do Google ads and you're just throwing money at, at Google to try and make it happen. With Facebook, the wonderful thing about Facebook we found is the, the way to really drill in and create a buyer persona. So you, if you do it with a strategy, it's extraordinarily powerful. But if you're just going to put it out there and use the regular boost that they have, because that you can boost a post at any time. And if you just hit that boost, it, it goes to the broadest category possible. You know, people 18 to death and anywhere in the world really is, is kind of what it's preset at. But if you learn how to use their, um, their ad manager program, um, you can create and really drill down very specifically as far as to even who is likely to move. They're, check, they're watching behavior, not just big data. They're watching behavior and creating analytics for that. And so using that, we've now been able to create ads that are targeting and are pro providing an ROI 
well beyond anything we were getting on, on Google. And we had Google pretty well dialed into all just a little under $9 per seller lead. Right. Where are we at now? We're still there with Google. I mean, we're still getting about nine, eight to nine dollars per full lead. So per click, we're probably paying about a dollar to dollar fifty. Just depends, and that varies. But that's our average. What we're seeing with Facebook is is way less for better better saturation. I think that's the thing that we want to look at for the benefit of the ad platform that Facebook has created. So we all know that there was people like there was a change to Facebook ads or Facebook in general on how people interact with your their newsfeed. So what's shown in their newsfeed has changed based off of how they act. And a lot of people complained about that. I don't get as much organic um, play as I used to. We aren't concerned. We weren't really doing the organic or getting much play from the organic when we we started in Facebook anyway. So we weren't really that concerned because like if you look at our our Facebook page, we don't use it as like a really an environment where we're trying to create a huge following or influencer marketing right now. So you can see on my my page right here, we have about 1300 people that that follow our page, right? But we use the ad platform all the time. So if I just look at some of the ads that we've done. And for those of you listening, the you can you can check it out if you go to facebook.com slash Wells Realty Group. That's where you'll find the Facebook ad page that we're talking about here and we're showing through the simulcast. If you're able to watch it in the replay or watching it live, you're seeing it on the screen. But otherwise, go to facebook.com slash Wells Realty Group. Right. I'm just pointing at things right now. So sorry, guys. Okay. So I just went to a Facebook ad, a coming soon ad that we did to pre-market a property that we had that went live yesterday. This ad just barely ended today. And so I'll use this one because it's kind of been played out all the way. So this was an ad that we ran. It, we started on January 3rd and it ended today, this morning. And so it ran for two, two full days. And what happened was um, we put together Pictures are always most important because that's what's going to show up and that's what's going to stop people. It needs to have stopping power. So you'll see that we, we've we advertised it as coming soon, five bedroom, three and a half bath. You guys can come and look at that. But the more important thing that I want people to see is the interaction that we've received. We have 12 shares from people um, that have shared our, our post because they've, they've seen it in their newsfeed. And from that, they've then pushed it out. So our organic reach has been higher on this one. But if we want to go review the results, we can go in here and 27,000 people have seen this post. What? Been in 27,000 people's newsfeed. What that means is that people in the geographic area that we chose, it was in front of. That's a very powerful thing to show in a listing consultation. So when we someone on our team takes this to their next listing presentation, this is just our pre-marketing that we did for your property. This is what happened. And so from that 27,000 people, we have 143 reactions, comments, and shares. So 80 people liked it, 66 people the post, 14 people from shares. We're going through and we can start seeing some of these, these things that happened. 6,500 people clicked on the ad in some form or fashion. Say, say that again, 6,500 so people. So 6,500 people interacted with our ad. In two days. Now, the, the bigger thing is going to blow your mind is when I talk about the cost of this ad to us, and that's why this platform is such a great advertising platform. So we had 5,000 people actually view the, the property and just click through the photos. Quick tip, having more than 10 photos is important because that helps with getting your advertising dollars to go further. The more people that interact, the more dollars 
or the more value you'll get for your dollars you spend. So we always put at least 10 pictures so that people are clicking through all of them. If they hit one in the ad, they'll go through all 10. So that's just quick best practice for that. The other thing is we got 1,200 people that clicked on our link. So if you're looking at me, we put a link in every single ad. We don't have the pictures linked to an ad or to a website. We have a link inside the ad. That's the link that people are clicking. And when I say 1,200 people, that's 1,200 people that went to our website from that ad. In two days. So the, the grand total for how much we spent on this ad was $200. So I, I don't know. What's that really quick? 200 that's $100 a day, my math's on point today. <laughs> yeah, good job. So 1,200 people to our website, that's the one that I'm more concerned with. That's about, what, 60 cents? Yeah, it's about 60 cents a, a visit, a click. So that's what's happening is getting them to our site and then the actual leads that we created, there was about 200 people that registered on our site afterwards. We've already set one appointment, and this was yesterday morning, so I haven't gone back to look at, I'll, I'll kind of go back on Monday and look at all the ads that we did and, and have that analysis. But with just check up yesterday morning, we had two nurtures that were created, people that were interested in buying in the next 12 months. And then we had one consultation set for a buyer. We've already got showing set up. That's the power of this, and that's the, the ROI. Is obviously we don't have the end result of this is how many people we closed on this this ad specifically yet. The innovation though is like look at what we were able to do with two hundred dollars. And most agents, most real estate agents, have the ability to do this. Two hundred dollars is not that much to spend on advertising your property. But so, but let me ask you this, Chris. What if I what if I'm a, an agent or that that's just in the business or I don't have any listings or I'm a team that's trying to get some more listings for the people on my team? Well, what do I do? I mean, we this was a great property that we had where clearly there's some value. What can they do? So, whoa. I don't know if you're wow. still seeing my that screen. trippy. I have no idea what just happened there. Google Hangout and YouTube are really on point today. They are really working well. We'll just go back for the ad so you can just stare at that instead of anything else. Um, I think the, the main point is that choosing the right property, choosing the right photos. There's a whole bunch that goes into this. You're not just going to be able to do it, but you don't need to spend $200. Like maybe you want to choose a neighborhood and just focus on that and write something that's, that's relevant to that property or that, that neighborhood. So for open door, what you can do though, is if you don't have listings or you don't have those things, you can take advantage of some of these new, new companies that are coming in and innovating by grabbing a property that is desirable from open door and featuring it as your best deal of the month in that area or something to that effect and advertise that property and, and just feature that from your own website. And that's where you can start doing that. You can create a post that talks about that property. You can go do a video of that property and walk through it. It's completely open. Like that's the beauty of like open doors. You can go in, check it out, do a walkthrough and feature it as one of your featured properties of the month or something like that. And do that on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. If you're really trying to generate lead, that's the disruption that they're causing and taking away business from agents or real estate agents is actually cre creating an opportunity within the market that you can go forward and use. So create an ad just like this with an open door property and advertise it. 
that's that's where you obviously need to talk to your broker and there's some legal ramifications there of yeah. not representing it as your own listing but and that's important to note depending on where you're at there's different rules for using uh, another person's another agent's listings whether it's an idx uh not an idx rule but an mls rule or a board rule depending on where you're at you need to check with that and just take compliance we've found that though open door is is pretty welcoming to to have you advertise their properties for them they're they can't advertise effectively 395 listings right now. They, their business model is about acquiring the properties, not necessarily marketing them. And so they're they're very open to working with you on it. Um, if you're in a state like like Arizona, our board here is Armless. Um, if well, not the MLS, arm not the board, but anyway, our rule here is that if it's on the IDX, you're good to go. It's a good best practice to talk to them, but you don't have to have the permission. So make sure you check with the rules, find out what it takes to, to be able to list it and uh, start advertising some properties. One of the other things you can do when you do this is, uh, we talked about from the white paper 360 and VR technologies. Uh, the affordability of a, of a 360 camera, we have a Ryko 3, a Theta S, it was less than 400 bucks that we bought to do 360 uh, pictures and video and we're beginning to implement that now into our listings to provide that virtual reality that 360 experience but if you don't even have that camera you can just do a panorama and I'm sure you've seen them on Facebook that they have the panorama pictures that are in 360 all that is, is someone took a panorama picture and uploaded it but they have this thing here called cardboard and I'm showing it on the on, on the on the podcast really video. cool and really cheap it's really cheap. This only costs a couple bucks and it comes in looking like a little cardboard box. You just fold it out, put your phone in here is where you put it. And then just like that, you've got your own Oculus and this is like five, six bucks. So part of what you can do is implementing is on certain properties. You can invite people that if they register on your site, right, give you something of value that you send that to them and that so they can experience the property uh, in virtual reality. That's one of the things we're doing and doing that with the Facebook postings and, and promotions as well as another way to drive more and more traffic that way and to start getting in front of this wave that's coming that more and more people are going to be using virtual reality and video. It's good that you start putting that into practice now so that you're already the leader in your area instead of trying to catch up with those who have already grabbed the market share. Yeah, I think that the the point of this is Facebook is now. Like you need to be spending money now in Facebook. You need to be active there. You need to be doing things like three by threes with, you know, the interacting with your your own friends on Facebook. Virtual reality is something to get ahead of, and that's why like those that Google cardboard box stuff is really really cool because it's so cheap. It's easy to get involved with, and it's easy to have there. The more expensive thing is getting that platform to be able to share that and having a system there. But we'd be happy to share, you know, what we have with it. Anybody that wants to comment or or ask about that. The last part about taking advantage of some of the things that are now, I think the next one is a now as well, just like Facebook or social media and those ad platforms is is creating a new value or redefining your own value to the the end user. So how do we do that? What, why do we need to do that first off to redefine your value, to take advantage of what's happening in the market? 
I think you simply defining your value, redefining it as it not being, I'm the place where you come to access properties. I'm the person that you come to to find your dream home and really saying, okay, what is it that the consumer sees valuable? Because that's how you really determine value. You can say whatever's valuable all day long, but if the consumer, your clients don't find it valuable, they're not gonna stick around very long, nor are they gonna refer you. So it's about identifying figuring out for you and what it is that you're going to define as your value proposition. What is it that you do that's different, that's better? Now, different doesn't mean nobody else does it. It just means the typical agent does it, doesn't do it. And so by defining that, you yourself begin to disrupt the industry because now you're not just coming and saying, yeah, I can open doors for you. Yeah, I can put a sign on a lockbox on your house and sell your house. You're, you're bringing something of an actual value to the client that they're going to be able to see uh, actual results from your past history that you've done. And if you don't know what that value is that you have, you just talk to people, ask the people in your, in your inner circle, what am I really great at? Because when we, when we've done this, we've asked people before about what they find their biggest value to be. And we get answers like you may be thinking that yourself is out there listening. Well, I communicate really well. Um, I, I care a lot. Well, isn't that kind of the minimum standard? Shouldn't everybody be doing that? Well, I think that the problem is that the public sees the value of real estate agents as one thing and then doesn't accept that as valuable enough for as much as we ask for our fee. Absolutely. So they don't see the value proposition based off of past experience because we've, as an industry, we've always said our value proposition is I'm going to help you find your dream home. If you go out on the web right now and you search for dream home and things like that, most of them are going to be realtors websites. Yep, they are. And so that's still what we're defining our value as, is I'm going to help you find. And yet what happens is most real estate agents, the typical real estate agent will actually set up some kind of search, automated emails, which is great because they've just used that innovation in the market, right? Where it used <laughs> to be, I've got the listings in a book in my drawer and you have to come to me to get them. So it used to be true. Mm -hmm. You need a realtor to find your dream home. That all was taken away when we sold all of our information with the, the MLS IDX feeds. But now we have, we've taken advantage because now my job's easier. I get to send you automated emails that will send out links to properties that you can go check out online and then you can tell me the ones you want to see. That's where it's left a lot of times. But people still see it as, well, in your website, it said that you'll help me find my dream home. Well, and I found it myself. Right. Now with Open Door, with Zillow, with Realtor.com, with Trulia, with internet, Google search, Facebook, all these things are happening and they get the houses to them directly. And so they maybe pass it along to you. Maybe they already went and saw it. Maybe they're doing things like that because they knew when an open house was. Blah, blah, blah. Your value has been disrupted as a real estate agent, your traditional value. But we still have agents that haven't redefined what their value is. And so they're out there still saying, I'm going to help you find the home, blah, blah. Who cares? Like the, the client probably knows more about that property now because they've been searching for six months before they called you. And you haven't defined your value as I'm going to negotiate to get the best deal for you. And so when you go in there and there, even when it's multiple offers and you know that you need to be above list price or whatever it is based on your market, they see it as you haven't gone to bat for them. I found the property, I gave it to you, I'm using you because it's beneficial, I like you, I'm gonna use you, but now I don't have any reason. Like you just want full price, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, they think that the, the negotiation part is pretty simple that you know, submit my offer and of course the seller's gonna take it, they wanna sell their house. 
well, we, we all know that are in the profession, it's far more than that. But we, if we do not articulate that as part of our value proposition and our, our track record in it, well, we're, we're, we only have ourselves to blame. Whereas if you have done that and you haven't done it, and in fact, part of our buyer consultation that we use with our clients tells them that you will probably find the property. I probably won't. You will probably find the property and bring it to me and say, hey, I want to see this house. My value really comes in though when we start to negotiate because I know the process, I know the contract, I have done ABC for clients in the past and I will do the same for you and well, making sure you understand it and we get you the best price. That's right, that's what we're, I think what we were talking about this a little bit before, like the IRS tax codes out there. Anybody can go read it and know how to file their taxes and it's free. Like the, the IRS doesn't charge you to file your taxes. Thank goodness. They charge you for everything else. But what happens though is nobody wants to go do that. So what you have to do is your value. And I think what the real estate industry needs to create in themselves as a value or redefine their value as is I understand the market better and I understand how to take all this data and branch, put it down and narrow it down into this is how you are going to need to negotiate. This is your strategy for negotiating for this property. This is, these are the terms we need to get to get you the most favorable transaction. And that's not where people focus. It's still not there. It's, it's really not. And I know now we're not saying that that is our only value proposition. Please, please understand that. This is so you may be thinking that, well, I do this and I do this. Awesome. Articulate it because you can see as we talk about the negotiation, this is one of the areas in terms of our value we have decided that we are going to articulate it. And by articulating it better, defining it and articulating it better than anyone else, we will create our own market. We were then not competing against all the agents who are like, oh, I'll help you find your dream home. No, we are in a market that for those who want to get the best price, who who want someone who negotiates, who's, who has a proven track record of getting properties at 95% or below list, something like that. That is, that's what we are doing in terms of creating our, our own market and our own value. And that's taking advantage of the innovations in the market as, as that becomes something that the public doesn't see that as valuable anymore. If you can redefine your value to one that does make sense, because 88% of people are still buying homes. That's actually up with realtors. They still want representation. They just don't see it as valuable because of, I just found my own home. I don't really know what my realtor did, but they made $15,000 when I bought my house. Yeah. That so it, it's up to us now to, to define that value, to take back the power. You know, the, there's disruptions going to happen. Innovation's going to happen. We have to see the ways in which we can take that and apply it into our business. These are just a few of the things that we're doing at the Press Play Network to increase our value, to be able to take advantage of the disruptions and the innovations that are occurring in the market. And we want to thank our sponsor, who is actually the Press Play Realty Network. And they are now partnering with agents. If you'd like to know some of these things in more detail that we talked about today and some of the other things that the Realty Network is doing, please go to pressplayrealty.com slash join. We'd love to have a conversation with you. It's confidential. It doesn't mean that you're joining the organization. It doesn't mean that you have to join. We just want, we want to enter into some kind of conversation, dialogue with you and see how we can help. Also, We'd love you to check out our reality web series. We have a reality web series. Uh, you can find it on YouTube and Facebook. It gives you an unfiltered behind the scenes look at what is one of the fastest growing expansion teams in the country. So check us out, Press Play Reality on Facebook and YouTube. Remember all of our hashtag Stop Living on Pause podcasts are simulcast on YouTube Live and Facebook Live at the time of our recording. So please subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Facebook, or the easiest thing is probably to go to well, um, 
<laughs> not Wells, but to go to pressplayreality.com. That's pressplayreality.com. Sign up for the um, for the podcast. Subscribe there. And thank you for listening today. We'd love for you to give us a feedback, a review on iTunes or SoundCloud or any of your favorite podcast listening stations. And leave us a review. Reach out to us. Again, we want to connect with you beyond the podcast. You can find me any social media network at Jason Wells ESQ. And me at C-H-R-N-I-E Law. And Thanks for ne- listening. Thanks so much. Until next time, stop living on pause.